Jeffrey Pierce, he actually voiced Tommy in the video games. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I read that a few days ago. So they ago. brought another voice actor from the games to play a live action actor, which I think is really cool. Hello, movie and TV friends. Let's get into episode four of The Last of Us, and we got our taste of some more action in this. It was very excellent suspense thrills, some great kills, and some more advancement of the characters that we're getting into. Tons of video game references, including the storyline and Joel and just the situations that Joel and Ellie were in. It was kind of like playing a I saw you get excited. I could actually see you like, oh, yeah. I was like, let's go. I so recognize this. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I like how they open this up with Ellie and her gun with, in the bathroom. And she's like playing around with it, trying to figure out. Because that's always been a part of Ellie in the opening of the game is wanting the gun. She, she secretly gets that gun last episode. And she finally gets to use it, saving Joel's life, which actually does happen in the video game. It happens a little later where she saves Joel's life. However, the difference in the game is Ellie straight up blasts some dude in the face <laughs> rather than in the back and then Joel taking care of it for It was her. in that like library episode. Yeah, so it happens, a little, it happens yeah. a little later. And, you know, I think like we've been talking about with the low amounts of action and violence and gun violence specifically, I think they want their characters in this movie in this show to be a lot more empathetic so they don't want Ellie to just blast somebody in the face which makes a lot of sense and as well as with Joel we've got some great action with Joel in this episode I've been I've been dying to see it for like two weeks now you could see that once these guys throw uh, throw down with him threw down with him they were in a different league from him like he took them out pretty easily handily and you could see that his expertise really shows which is why he's lasted this long and you could tell that you know he just as soon as he tells Ellie to go hide in the hole in the wall. Like, now I'm really gonna show who I am, but I don't want to show Ellie yet exactly what I'm capable of. He seems to still be hiding it from her. Like, he says to go back inside the hole in the wall because he's gonna finish off that guy with the knife, as well as just wanting to hide there in general for safety, but also because he probably doesn't want her to see what he's capable of yet. He's, she's seen a taste of it earlier, but I think he's trying not to expose it to her as long as he can. I think he asked her to go in the hole for protection more than anything, but then the second part was to not witness the, the murder of the guy uh, injured on the ground. So it, it could go both ways, the way you look at it. Yeah, but the plot of this episode is basically they're on this road trip, this fucked up, twisted road trip of Ellie and Joel trying to get to Wyoming has finally been kicked off. It's really beginning. We barely got a glimpse of them at, together in last episode because that was so focused on Bill and Frank. We got a little bit of them wandering through the world, woods and they get to Bill's town and Bill and Frank's town to get some supplies. But again, like we brought up last episode, it would have been better for Joel to take some of get that more armory. Ammo. Got it. Got you it. know, bring some bullets because he ran out of ammo pretty quickly against the hunters. He had, what, six or seven shots? What was that? 22 rifle? I, again, I feel like like last episode when we were reviewing, we were talking about how we were confused why he didn't take any bullets, any ammo. Sure, they're heavy to carry, but they took the truck the whole time. So there's kind of like that give and take suspension of disbelief. But for me, I still think it bit him in the ass to not have extra ammo and ec extra weapons with him at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's too much weight to carry both the revolver and then uh, like a 9mm as well. It doesn't seem they like took the truck to put it in the back like seat. Much, yeah. In the back seat, it's going to be fine. But again, I, I think they don't want to make it seem too easy as well for the characters. Like I, They want to put them in these dire situations and create conflict and 
it's better conflict if you run out of bullets. So now you have to figure out a way to get out of a situation without any guns. Yeah, you're right. And that's it, what I, it, I think. It it's story, more storytelling because in the game, it's not a first-person shooting yeah. game. In the game, you're you're unloading on so many enemies, so you need all the ammo you can get. Use quite a few rounds. <laughs> so, from what I saw, for sure. So I think that it just creates better conflict if they don't have always something to go to like a good a good firearm as long as he uses a flamethrower at some point i'll be happy <laughs> <laughs> but again i feel like he should have taken that shotgun after they killed that guy but it is what it is it's just a small little critique for the show so far so you hate it otherwise i thought it was <laughs> such an excellent first half when they get in that trap it's just like the game i was waiting for it as soon as i saw that tunnel i'm like i know it's happening soon it, I was honestly, even though I knew pretty much what was eventually going to happen with the guy running out in front of the truck, pretending to be hurt, asking for help, and Ellie's like, aren't we going to help him? And Joel's like, put your seatbelt on, and, and punches it, and and tries to dodge the guy, and they get their truck gets taken out and crashes into a laundromat, it looks like, in, this, in the episode. I knew that was all going to happen, but still, I was just like on the edge of my seat, so excited, because they really pulled it off. It's hard to, to meet expectations, I feel like, especially with video games, when you're trying to not necessarily do a shot-by-shot remake, which would be, you know, the perfect world scenario with unlimited budget and time, you could probably pull it off. But again, it's a TV show, they're limited in what they can do, but I thought that sequence was so excellent, not to mention... Joel taking the guys out in the laundromat, it felt so reminiscent of playing the game because just little things like the guys talking shit, the hunter's like, oh, I found a body over yeah. here. Or like, you're going to get it, fucker. Yeah, I can see you, asshole. Like, these lines you just hear constantly in the game when you're taking out these hunters. And I thought it was really cool to bring the hunters in from a, in a large scale in this episode because we, we're seeing things we don't see in the game. Like, what's it like for the hunters on their side when they're going against these intruders in their location? Yeah, and I think they did a phenomenal job showcasing life in Kansas City. It's cool to be in a new city, but also to show how people are surviving there. And it seems like the majority of people here are from there because Millie Linsky's character, Kathleen, uh, ends up executing who, what, wh who was her doctor and her, like, her primary care um, general practitioner. And like he said, he delivered her as a baby. So you can imagine uh, a lot of these people probably have known each other for a long time and grew up in the same areas of Kansas City, and many of whom have probably stuck together through thick and thin through over the last couple of decades. So you can imagine that a lot of people in cities, they stayed and fortified wherever they were just to be able to outlast the others and outlast whatever devastation happened in the cities. And then once everything moved on, they just have been since then, getting by day by day. So even though, yeah, even though they're in Fedra facilities, they're not Fedra. I believe these are the hunters, basically. They're a little different in the game. They're a lot more ruthless, way less empathetic, and usually in smaller groups. This is kind of like a little militia they have going on. But it se they seem to have, for this show, made them a lot more empathetic. And Kathleen is clearly the leader, played by Mel Melanie Linsky. And she's looking for someone named Henry, who... And Sam. And Sam. So we meet them real quickly. Well, I won't spoil it in case you don't know who they are. But maybe that's them at the end of the I episode. I saw... Well, I'm guessing, so spoilers for the game... I'm gonna get into. Uh, is that who I saw you playing and you made friends in the I game? Mean, I mean, that's them. Yeah, it's it's Henry. Well, and I Sam. put that together. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're, you're, you're not gonna spoil it for me. I not for, oh, it. I'm talking about the listeners. Oh yeah, I told them. I gave them the warning. Okay, I gave yeah, them yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. I gave them a spoiler game warning. So that's those are those two guys that you were. Uh, you got tra you got trapped with one of them, and then Ellie got trapped with the older guy. So what happens is you're you're hiding out from the hunters in the game, and then you jump in the inside. sewers. No, you you jump you get to the sewers eventually, but you jump into an apartment for safety. 
and then they surprise you and kind of sneak attack to get the the upper hand on you and you kind of both have like a little mexican standoff and you all you all relax your 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 arms and just re- and get together and just chat and sing kumbaya by the fire basically basically <laughs> make some s'mores much, that's pretty much what it's happens. time for s'mores <laughs> but before we got to kansas city I really loved the atmosphere and the landscape and the production of the show in the sequence of them traveling at the gas station. Huge sets, outdoor sets, lots of production design with these burnt up, destroyed cars, smashed windows, moss and and nature growing all over them as well as the collapsed train I thought was terrifically tragic. That was really great shot as well as I loved the being in the woods was really fun too. Just this beautiful beautiful uh Woods. dense forest <laughs> let me finish the <laughs> sentence <laughs> this dense forest is what i was gonna say anthony and they're kind of camping out i will say for camping maybe maybe not the best way to camp like in the middle of no, uh, the open like that i feel like kinda. it looked cool it looked it looked terrific <laughs> especially the shot of joel in the middle of the night like looking out with a rifle Maybe find like a big cliff to lean against. Well, I suppose it, they were pretty far in there. Yeah, they it wasn't like they were, they were on. It wasn't like they were on the edge of the forest. They were like really deep. It, I'm guessing he drove for probably a couple of miles deep into the forest. Like, what are the odds someone's gonna find you without fire and without smoke? Exactly. And all. And it, I like that. I like how they <laughs> ate Chef Boyardee. Twenty year old Chef Boyardee, which is something we grew up eating. <laughs> I loved Chef Boyardee. I could taste it when the I was watching. Ravi- the meat raviolis were my favorite. I wonder how long that would last. I, I bet it could still be edible. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be like poison. It's so processed. It's just sure. Yeah, it just would. You probably wouldn't. You probably feel terrible after eating it, but it's still food. You know what I mean? Your body, I think, will still digest it, no problem. And there was a lot of great humor. I like the the pun book because she says those puns in the game, right? I remember. Yeah, I remember yeah. the pushing the envelope thing because it remains stationary. She she said that a couple of times in the game. I remember when I watched. So, you so play. that was a great video game reference of the of the hilarious jokes and the and the great banter and bickering that they've kind of been developing the last few episodes. It's been really terrific as well. And also, what I love about the wood sequence though is when they're camping and. You know, she's Ellie's like, I'm cold as hell. Can we make a fire? And Joel's like, you know why we can't make a fire. And she says, because the infected will see the smoke. He's like, no, the infected won't see the smoke. It's people. That's our biggest threat right now. Not the infected, not clickers, not runners. It is people. That's the biggest danger because she asks, why are they going to rob us? He's like, I'm sure they'll have a lot more in their minds than robbing us. Yeah. And he also gave some, uh, just like a tidbit of information about Clickers and runners saying they're too dumb. They're they're just a bunch of dummies. They're not going to know what fire or smoke is. Well, they wouldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. But like if they saw smoke, like, no, the runners, I mean, if okay, they saw yeah, smoke, yeah. they wouldn't know to go after it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I like how he hinted at, before we even encountered other people, he hinted how people can be dangerous. And then Ellie, even though she was joking at first, she ended up being coming very scared and asked that question of like, hey, no one's, no one's going to find us, right? Even though she's trying, she tries to act tough, but you can see deep down Bella Ramsey's doing a good job of showing the fear that she's trying to hide on the surface, but is clearly feeling on the inside. I really loved the shot of the uni- the sky as well, and seeing the stars without light pollution from an entire country in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure it, Joel still is getting used to it as a character from constantly living in the developed world. But Ellie, her entire life has probably been seeing as much of the universe as probably was visible uh, before 19th century, which is really fit. Like, I'm jealous of Ellie for that fact that she's able to experience such beautiful sky shots every time she looks up. Even though they are in the middle of nowhere, you can see more stars out there. There's still no light pollution. Yeah, exactly. Like, she could probably see completely unfiltered 
And then we also got backstory about Tommy and, and Joel's relationship with Tommy and how Tommy really was the reason why Joel went to Boston as a way of kind of tagging along with him, but also making sure that his younger brother stayed safe. And clearly, like, his motivation has always been alongside Tommy. Make sure he's safe. Go with him there. Go with him here. And their journey to Boston is how he ended up meeting Tess. And he also reveals a couple times they had a crew together. This crew clearly was not a group of good people. They obviously robbed and killed innocent people as a way to survive. Probably probably did a lot of horrible and terrible things to innocent people just to keep scavenging uh, each day by day. And so you can see a couple of hints here and there of him alluding to this past of being an extremely dark person. Well, you have to consider, of course, there is some sort of stability in these QZs, especially how Ellie grew up. Obviously, obviously she's in a post-apocalypse dystopian world and Fedra's in control, but she had somewhat of a stability in terms of protection and food that she could count on, and there wasn't like an outbreak of war constantly. But you have to assume that once, maybe, even when the infected were still trying to be get got under control by the government and by the army and Fedra was rising up, that there is still probably chaos on a day-to-day basis. And it was a day-to-day survival of the fittest, basically. And you probably had to kill to survive pretty regularly. So you can only imagine the, the shitstorm of chaos of the day-to-day life that Joel was living through before or like before Ellie was born, before she was even making memories. Because it's been 20 years she's he's been living in this world. Ellie's only been here for 14, but Joel has been living in it for 20. Those first five years were probably the darkest of his life. And you can imagine that any Anytime you're outside the walls of a QZ, it's just the Wild West and it's every man for himself and you don't trust anyone. If you encounter someone, it's either kill or be killed and it's important not to ever get let your guard down. And Joel clearly has lived like that for a very long time, how he always keeps his rifle next to him when he sleeps, how he tries to prepare the sleeping area with the broken glass uh, outside of their sleeping area. But although... Uh, it, 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 I was like hoping for like a Mission Impossible, like crunching <laughs> in the first Mission Impossible. That's a great sequence it reminded me of. We also got some backstory more on the Fireflies and Marlene. We learned how Tommy was influenced by Marlene to join the Fireflies. And Joel clearly thought that entire organization or thinks that entire organization is delusional, trying to save the world. Eventually, Tommy quit the Fireflies, is out on his own, and that's why... Joel is trying to go out and find him. He was trying to contact him with the radio, but now he's just driving out to Wyoming with Ellie. Versus in the game, his goal is to get Ellie to the Fireflies, but... Never to go to Tommy? They go to Tom. They uh. they stumble upon Tommy in Wyoming, just for different reasons. It's, okay. But he's still... But, like, at this point in the show, it's different than it was... Than it is in the game, because in the game, he accepts the responsibility of getting Ellie to Fireflies to drop her off to save the world with the infection and to try to make a vaccine. And in the game, it's later on that he makes that decision? A little earlier on. Oh, game. a little earlier on. Okay, gotcha. And so in the game, his motivation at this point is not to see Tommy. Well, he wants to get to Wyoming to see Tommy. Uh-huh. Some, he knows he's out there somewhere, somewhere but it's different. Yeah. Like same thing with the car battery in the opening of the show. Uh-huh. They were testing Joel, like I brought up in the first episode. They really had a deal to get ammunition and, and weapons, mm-hmm. not a car battery to yeah. go find Tommy. His motivation to f- find Tommy comes a little differently in the game than versus the show, which is Joel's main objective. And as he tells Ellie, you're not family, you're just cargo. 
And also, I love the the humor in this episode. In addition to the the bad jokes, the punnies jokes, we have the coffee joke, which is really funny. Because if you imagine it, I feel like I remember when I if I smelt coffee for the first time as a kid, it smelled disgusting. Especially ten year old coffee that's burnt. To it probably a crisp. smells bad. Yeah, it probably so smells old. terrible. It's but, so old. But also, damn. the porno magazine was funny. That was that a was game great. reference. As oh well. yeah. So that that entire sequence is terrific because them in the truck after they leave Bill's town. And they're just making those jokes, the bad puns. And then Ellie finds the the male nude magazine in the back seat. And she says the same lines like, how do they walk around with those things? And then why are these pages all sticky? I'm just fucking with you and tosses out the window. That's just like in the video game. Oh, uh, that's funny. And it's, Joel clearly has a little bit more of a heart than the, the hardened, super hardened Joel in the game from what I've seen. Because I remember... After Ellie saved him with the by shooting that guy who had the upper hand on Joel, he berated her for having the gun and he was mad at her and he yelled at her. And then in the in the show, he felt guilty for pu- putting her in that situation to have to use a gun. And then he ended he had a much more vulnerable side to him as opposed to Joel in the video game, who was so angry about her even using the gun. And it takes him like a while to even like acknowledge that she saved him. And even then, he didn't really even say thank you. He just said it was either him or me. I think that's what I remember in the game. Yeah. And then in the show, he's clearly extremely regretful that he, he let it get to the, to the point where she had to come out with a gun. And then he does end up teaching her a couple of fundamentals about gun control real quick, how to, how to handle it, how to hold it. And then he gives the gun back to her as her to just keep and to use as a weapon for emergencies only. Yeah, I think empathy is you know, a huge trend in characters in Hollywood right now and bringing more empathy to protagonists and antagonists has been a goal clearly for many studios. And, you know, obviously, like I said, it's not going to be a shot for shot, character for character, line for line, line for line remake from the video game. So I think that they're adding elements of empathy from to both sides as we're getting from the hunters as well. Now, before we continue, though, we got to tell you about this episode's sponsor, oh, MoviePosters.com. Yeah. Use our coupon code Raiders10 at MoviePosters.com. You get 10% off their entire website on your entire order. And they have a wide collection of posters for film, TV. They got backdrops, all kinds of sizes and framing. They've been sending us posters and been a sponsor of the show for like two years now. A long time. And we love them over there. (laughs) (laughs) They're based in Canada. It's a great company, great customer service. So head to MoviePosters.com. Use our code Raiders10. You get 10% off your entire order today for movie posters. It was weird not doing the ad myself. Yeah, I kind of just went with it. <laughs> How did you like doing it? You did a pretty good job. I didn't mess up at all. I usually do the movie posters one, but you did it. It was weird It was weird seeing someone else do the ad I've done for two years. I gave you the night off. Thanks, man. I, I decided Anthony needs a break. <laughs> he could really use a vacation from saying the movie posters ad. I can tell it inside of his bones. You're you're smiling at me like a proud father. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, wow, well, look, look at him. He's on stage look doing him. it himself. I'm so proud of him. He's doing great. Look at him go. <laughs> I was like, look, wow, look at you go. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> did you see the trailer for the next episode? I have not. I watched it. Does it look good? Yeah. Tell, I don't, me, about, tell me about it. Spoiler warning. Do you want to get spoiled? Sure. I mean, yeah, we're gonna. But see we're it. still gonna talk more about the yeah. episode. There's a bloater in it. Oh yes. Is it like a bloater bloater like bloater, in the game? Bloater bloater. Oh hell yeah. It was. Well, it's the it guy. Was, it's the thing crawling out of the ground. So is that? So the cement. The the pavement in that. Whatever that facility is, it's like a garage. Yeah, in the building. Some it looks like some kind of like DWP building or something. Mm-hmm. 
Some public works building is my guess. They, hey, get that DWP guy get, get over that here. W, where's that DWP guy? I think we need another hot shot around here. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises reference. Sick reference, bro. Matthew Modine. So specific. <laughs> That's actually one of our most used references hey, from Hey, get that Dark- DWP guy down here. <laughs> <laughs> you say that a lot. Um, so the pavement that's caving in and clearly moving, it looks like, I wasn't sure, is there like some kind of earth, is something in the earth or waters coming out or something, but it's a bloater? I knew immediately that it was going to be a bloater, even uh-huh. though that's not how like we see them in the video game. Yeah. Now a bloater, which if you've seen the trailer, it, I'm guessing it's the shot from, I saw in the main trailer of the show before the, it aired, there's a shot with fire around it, and that's it's like it. crawling out, it's that's like it. a giant yeah. blob yeah. monster. It looks a little different in the game. A little more like chunky, chonky, and bubbly looking. <laughs> well, I think super bubbly with like eyeballs all yeah. over it. So the bloater basically is an infected that's been infected for a very long time. Sometimes infected last a couple weeks. Sometimes they last a few months. Sometimes they last years. And usually a bloater is an infected that's been that survived a very long time. It's just continued to grow as an infected being. That sucks. And the, these bloaters are massive. They have all sorts of cool offensive moves besides <laughs> so cool <laughs> they throw they're like, like really cool okay, they throw like, like toxic grenades they do yeah it's, it's, yeah i remember them like throwing stuff at you yeah, Did they explode toxic exploding yeah, grenades that's which are really cool yeah. as well as they're very hard to kill so i'm so curious as soon as i saw the earth crumbling and or the pavement crumbling when they went into that secret room uh yeah. was it uh pierce and kathleen went in there i was like i guarantee that's the bloater that was my okay. So I also thought of the bloater as well, but I was like, "How does like a being do that to the pavement?" He must so just I be thought, sleeping. So I thought it was like something really big, like like huge water flow or something. Maybe they're explaining they're born like Urukai <laughs> in the mud. <laughs> the mud. He's gonna have a palm print on his face. <laughs> the Earth of Isengard. <laughs> but I can't wait to see a bloater in action. It's gonna be a lot of fun. They've done a pretty sneaky job of having. Very few infected in the last two episodes. Really, the only one we've seen was when Ellie stabbed that one in the head in the basement of that Cumberland Farms kid Cumberland with Farms. the knife that was underneath all those blocks. You're of right. There were, were there any in this episode? No, none. Oh yeah, haven't seen a clicker or a runner or any infected since. Yeah, so I, I which bet- I think that they're doing budget wise reasons. But also, I mean, you don't want to over. You don't want every episode to just be. Z- Clickers and runners every I mean, that'd be time. Pretty sick. Every, yeah, but every time. <laughs> so I think it's I think it's smart to pace themselves and not overwhelm it and not to not to rely on it too heavily as a point of conflict. And I loved being in Kansas City. It was it was terrifying. Once there's that obviously the pileup of vehicles on the highway and the freeway and they can't continue, so they decide to go through the city to hop back on the freeway from a different angle from a different street. And we're in this rundown city. Look terrifying. Tension was high. That trap is set just like the game. And then they're on the run and secretly hiding out from hunters, which you do quite a bit of in the game. So it felt like I was playing the game. I was really into this episode. It might be my favorite so far. I was just so excited because it was so authentic to the gameplay, I think. (laughs) Check. Also, things like... Little things like El, um, Joel boosting Ellie up through a window for her yeah, to unlock yeah. a door. That's a great reference to the game. So that's the first time they've done that. The joke book, ta- the that tape is a winner in the car when they're listening to music. That's a reference. The people as villains is another reference. Oh, another great reference from the game is when Ellie's in the truck she, and Joel's like, "Should get some rest." We were up pretty early. She's like, "I'm not. I'm not even tired." And then it cuts to her immediately passed out, just like in the game. 
the trap. And then Ellie saving Joel is in the game and just all these great references as well as plenty of differences from the game, which we can talk about too. So the Hunters, like I said earlier, are much less empathetic than they are in this show so far. They're much more evil, but I'm sure we'll meet other hunters that just maybe totally ruthless. Day. Very just kill mean, everything they see. For 20 years, yeah. it's been die or, or survive. You yeah, know what I mean, kill, kill or be killed. Uh, also, like I said, Ellie blasts that dude's head off instead of shooting him in the back for Joel to finish off. Kathleen doesn't exist in the game. She was created. I'm guessing it's kind of like a representation in general of the hunters, and she's yeah. the leader of this group in Kansas City. Um, what else happens? The way we meet Henry, I explained earlier, is different, and the Superman painting and Superman paintings and drawings and makeup, like the eye makeup on, on Sam, Sam, I think is probably a reference to in the video game. There's an action figure that where they're inside a nursery toy store that he wants to take with him, but his brother Henry, the older brother, he doesn't let him take it in the game because he's, he says, only things we need, that's the only thing we should be carrying. Uh, so I think that's a reference to that action it must figure. Be. It must be, because is that what those drawings are yeah. of that action figure? That's my guess. It's, it's got to be. That's a great call, man. Thanks, man. That's, that's so, what I'm guessing. So they're brothers? Yeah, they're brothers. It, it, I, I had the feeling that they were father-son in this. At, that's what I thought at first when I was playing the game, uh-huh. but they're just older brother, younger they're brother. They're just, just uh, several years between yeah, them. Yeah, it's quite probably yeah. like 10 years in difference. I like, more. I like how they showed... Joel's intelligence in moments of conflict and in firefight situations because a reason obviously the reason why he's lasted so long is because he's so intelligent in terms of strategy and so they get in the firefight he takes out the guys that attack them everyone probably nine times out of ten would just leave out the way they came but he knows that's the most dangerous way to leave that area they go out the back go out the back alley and clearly right when they left out the back uh, reinforcements came in so he understands if, if there's a situ- situation like that you have to find a new exit you can't exit the way you came in because people heard the shots people will be coming to the entrance of that store to the front faces of that of that store so i thought it was a great subtle detail to show his survivalist skills of we're leaving out the back we have to find a new way out of this area we cannot retrace our steps. It's dangerous. Also, the use of stealth, hiding behind cars and stuff like that. It's so reminiscent. great to see. Yeah. It's an excellent call to the video also, game. Also, you finished the game today. Yeah. You finished it. A couple hours ago. How, how did you feel about finishing it? It was so fulfilling and gratifying and mm-hmm. such an excellent experience. The narrative is absolutely sensational, which is clearly why people have been dying for it to be turned into a, a show or movie. And clearly why it's one of the defining games of the century, if not all time, for a lot of people. It's in their top five, if not their favorite video game ever played. And, you know, people have been DMing us because they're so excited we're covering it. They're so excited that I'm playing it. People, to- Someone told us today they played through the game ten times, which is wild. It's so crazy. But it is exhilarating. It's fear-inducing. And I'm, I usually go to bed, like, shaking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Will you play it again with the perks that you get the next go around? I don't know. Hogwarts is coming. Uh, yeah, Hogwarts is we get coming to play tomorrow. Hogwarts t- tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. episode's airing Monday, so we get yeah. to play Hogwarts tonight at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So. so, funny story. James bought it in August, and this is, like, we had no... no we weren't gamers. We hadn't played a game for eight, nine years. So I didn't even have the PS5 yet. Yeah, and the last time we were gamers, you had to buy just hard disks. Xbox all, yeah, that was the only way to play Xbox games. Xbox 360. I yeah, think yeah. you could download by then. Maybe, maybe. It was, maybe you could. We just never did it. Yeah, or maybe you could just play online. Is Something like that. 
And so we were like, yeah, let's buy it. So James bought the hard disk copy of the PS for the PS5. Because I'm a boomer. Yeah. So he pre-ordered the hard disk, which is obviously a no-no that everyone says. The, in case the, the game the sucks. Deluxe disc. In case the game sucks not to buy the pre-order. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm yeah, just going to get that no matter what. I'm playing the way. game. Like, even yeah. if it sucks, I'm going to have a blast yeah. running around Hogwarts. But we were like... Oh shit! Uh, someone someone DM'd us. I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. Sorry, we get so many DMs. I forgot who sent this to me, but they said that they're they're gonna be able to play the digital deluxe version Monday night. And, and remember, I told you that California or Pacific time you can play yeah. at 9 p.m. Yeah, 9 p.m. on the sixth. Yeah, so it's midnight East Coast time. The game releases online digitally, and I was like to Jim today. I was like, so like, I mean. What if the game is it gonna come on Tuesday? The is it gonna ship here on Tuesday, or what if it's like Wednesday or Thursday? And we were like, should we just like get it the digital download and return the hard copy already? And at first I was like, no, I mean it'll be here the seventh. It'll get here Tuesday. I just don't know if it's gonna be in the morning, afternoon, or night. It's gonna be here. You know, it's it's a pre-order. GameStop, there'd be a shitstorm if they weren't delivering it that day because that's where I got it from. But then I was like. Fuck it! <laughs> Fuck it! Fuck it! So we just bought the... We, so you returned that. Canceled my canceled order. Canceled the order. Because it didn't go through until the shit Well, they ships. don't process the payment yeah, until it ships. So yeah. you didn't even have to return... A, do a repayment or anything. That was great. So yeah. So then... we And then we just purchased the digital download like an hour ago. And these are the deluxe versions. Yeah, deluxe digital download. Downloaded it. And so now we're ready to roll. 9 p.m. tonight, baby. Let's go to Hogwarts! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Anyways, back, back to the, back last to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I really like some, uh, these scenes with Ellie and Joel. They're really building trust and emotion, an emotional connection because last episode, Joel was so reserved with Ellie, shutting her down, not even wanting to look at her, let alone talk to her. But now he's opening up. He's answering her questions. The first night they're out in the woods, she's like turning to him and asking him questions and telling him silly jokes. And then the the final night when they're at, of the episode when they get before they get woken up, she does that diarrhea joke, which was really funny, and they crack up and they fall asleep laughing. But before that, Joel was the one who turned his position to her to talk to her and see how she's doing. And before that, he asked if she's okay about you know you just killed someone basically. How are you doing? You're just a kid. I thought it was a great. I'm glad you brought it up because. She's been asking him questions for four episodes straight, and he's always just looks like he's being driven crazy, doesn't want anything to do with her, doesn't even want to talk to her. And then him actually asking her, he asks her, when you said it wasn't your first time hurting someone like that, what did you mean? And then she, this time she doesn't want to talk about it. I was like, wow, the tables have turned, and he's finally beginning to open up. I think the last episode, he was still so grief-stricken, and the wounds of Tess's death were so raw that he didn't he just shut down emotionally which is probably what he's always done for the past 20 years to just shut off close himself off emotionally not let anyone in not let anyone get close to him and so Joel is making big steps towards making an actual connection with another person here with Ellie so I, I like that and I like how their relationship is actually kind of growing they're laughing a lot I thought it was the camera really held on Joel laughing for like a good 10 seconds I think it's because Probably the first time he's laughed like that in who knows how long. When was the last time he, he just cracked up gut-busting laughter like that? And so I thought it was a really great, nuanced, subtle, simple filmmaking to really show that, to really get the audience to connect with him and to show him actually smiling for once. Well, well, how the turntables. <laughs> my, my, how the turntables. <laughs> but overall, this episode was really well acted. But I still think 
one of the greatest strengths of this show has been the production design. It's been stellar in terms of the exteriors and interiors. It's really astounding what they're doing, blending CGI with these huge, large-scale exterior landscapes. It's really terrific, as well as a lot of real practical production design elements as well. I mean, all of those cars on that highway, on both scenes of them, where it was at the blockade of crashed vehicles at the bridge under the, at the underpass that they couldn't pass, and also back at the gas station, it's a lot of vehicles, a lot of cars. Obviously, their budget is huge, but still great production design, great production elements. And then the interiors look so much like the video game interiors. I can't stress it enough. If you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, it's just every time they go inside a store or a gas station or whatever, I'm just like giddy looking at the production design. The prop department has been knocking it out of the park. This team has been firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just, But they have great concept art from the video game to work off of, and they're really bringing, it, breathing, bringing life to such a beloved game with the exteriors and interior environments. And the CGI is really seamless in a lot of ways especially when they're driving on the freeway and we had this little quick montage of ellie looking at all the destruction and kinds of vehicles laced about the environments and landscapes and you saw a bunch of tanks and armored trucks just sitting on the side of the road on like grassy knolls that was all cgi they didn't actually just bring they didn't bring tanks over just for one shot never know you know no that's they did not, not just for one shot. I can neither confirm nor deny. That it was all CGI. It was all CGI, but it looked very good. That bridge, the collapsed bridge, was CGI, but also looked fantastic. I think they are doing an excellent job of blending the visual effects with the environments and with the special effects as well. And I actually really like how they're not showing any monsters in this episode because we're probably going to get a lot of it next episode. I'm sure that when that floor caves in on the pavement. It's not just going to be a bloater coming out. I hope we get like an ambush yeah. of lots of creatures. So I infected. think, yeah, I think we're going to get a lot going on that episode in terms of monsters, in terms of mayhem and death. Kathleen was a really interesting character too because she's kind of like this good cop, bad cop mixed into one character combined, which is really kind of nuanced and interesting. And I, I like the approach they've gone with her so far with this one episode. We didn't get a ton of scenes with her, but she's clearly the leader. She's in control of this militia of hunters you can assume and i'm curious to see what's going to happen in episode two i thought that she would be like a one and done character for the episodes i thought that she'd just be episode four and that's it but clearly they're gonna bring her out for episode five as well which is airing on friday everybody so because the super bowl sunday is next sunday they obviously don't want to compete with the ratings because 120 million people will be tuning into the Super Bowl and they want people to actually watch their show. <laughs> so The Last of Us Episode 5 will be airing on Friday night, this Friday. So you can expect our review to be Saturday morning instead of Monday morning. We'll do something else for Monday instead to fill the void. We'll figure something out. But really I, have a, I have a fun fact about the show. Oh, all right, here we go. What so we Jeffrey, Jeffrey Pierce plays that guy. He seems to be Kathleen's number one. Guy with the beard and long hair, mm -hmm. and he's always got the assault rifle. His name's Jeffrey Pierce. He actually voiced Tommy in the video games. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I read that a few days so ago. So they brought another voice actor from the games to play a live-action actor, which I think is really cool. That's such a great thing that they're doing because, you know, voice actors don't get the credit they deserve in a lot of projects, and I think it's really cool for them to bring these actors back, especially Neil Druckmann, who... You know, he was the the story, the narrative director, I believe, on the video game with Naughty Dog when they made it. So mm -hmm. it's really cool to bring these voice actors into speaking roles and live action roles, like especially the actress who plays Marlene, which is so cool. 
And going forward, I'm so curious what's gonna happen in episode five. I gotta watch the trailer since you watched it. Now, now we'll both. They don't. It. It's not that long of a trailer. It's yeah. 20 seconds, so you, it's not too big of a spoiler thing. So, so for for what I want going forward from this show, from both a, a huge fan of finishing the game just recently, as well as the characters, and I love and I love the story. And what I want to see going forward is some more clickers and more infected, which I'm sure we'll be getting towards the end of the season. It's kind of like how they they hid the dragons a lot in Game of Thrones for a while, you know, when they were eventually grown. Um, but I want to see more clickers and more infected. Clearly, we're going to get a clickers. bloater. Clickers, kid. Not remote controls either. <laughs> and we're going to get the uh, bloater. But if if Joel hits a workbench at some point, I will flip my shit. <laughs> so, so like we're making guns and so stuff? So what you can do in the game is you have an arsenal attached to you. You have rifles, shotguns, handguns, bow and arrow, flamethrowers. At, 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 towards the end of the game, you are literally your own army. It's pretty cool. And so throughout different checkpoints and save points of the game, you get to hit what's called a workbench. And you get to use tools you've gathered in the game from interiors and exteriors. And you get to kind of customize and upgrade your weaponry and to increase the range of weapons, to increase how many rounds you can put inside of a magazine, the kickback or the precision and the effectiveness of rounds or bullets or range and, and, and spray of, of like shotguns. It's so cool. If Joel hits a workbench at the, in this season at all, I will jump off the couch. I don't think it'll happen, but <laughs> it's my number one hopeful moment of the show i just want someone to throw a beer bottle a beer bottle just once i want to see a molotov cocktail too yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta see his molotov. well there's fire in the trailer so maybe there's a molotov getting thrown in there and i want joel and ellie or at least joel to be the one that kills the bloater yeah not not like the uh, militia not the hunters so are they past where the uh oh so the the i really like the subway sequences in the video game but that was the mbta in boston, in boston right yeah that would have been after the state house so they just went through that with just like that small uh under that small swampy area that was probably just like a bit of the underground yeah they didn't even go in there i thought they would do that episode three because i really liked the i liked that sequence i watched you play about an hour hour and a half of that and i thought it was really fantastic Probably because it's probably because those sets would have been really huge, a lot of water to work with production wise, which is very expensive and difficult to play to film with. So I'm guessing that they probably just axed that entire environment in sequence. It's not a billion dollar budget. Yeah, but it, I mean, I really like the game how they showed like they showed the red line, orange line. And it, they had the correct seats. They had the right map looking. The, the subway MB, map was the, the right. MBTA map. Yeah, it was really, really fantastic to see in the video game the attention and detail they, they put into that. But all, we did get plenty of stuff in Boston. Like, yeah, uh, we got enough Boston the State House kid. So I'm guessing after this episode, possibly possibly episode six, they'll be in the that those underground sewers. Possibly. We'll yeah. see. Don't spoil it for people who are just watching the show, man. Sorry. Sorry. Anthony just loves to spoil the fun. That's where they discovered the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. And splinters down there. <laughs> they fight crime. They've, they been, or- they've been fighting clickers for 20 years. And they, they find they eat pizza. It's going to be great. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. Pizza guy's got 10, 10 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? I'm really excited to see some bloater action next episode. Let's go. Yeah. I wonder how much they'll go practical. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning into our episode on episode, our episode review of The Last of Us episode four. Please hold my hand. Stay tuned for a hold Saturday. Saturday <laughs> will be our episode song. five review. Saturday on episode five review. And then remember Friday night is when they're gonna be airing Last of Us episode five. Tomorrow on or this week for episodes, we have obviously weekly chat. Thursday is gonna be an incredible episode we did 
on humanity versus technology in film. All of the great genre movies of, you know, man versus machine, humanity versus technology, whether it's The Matrix, t- Matrix 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Terminator, Ex Machina. We did some classics. We talked about Metropolis from 1927, as well as contemporary films. We talked about both the Blade Runner movies. It was such a great discussion. You're not going to want to miss it. What was it, two and a half hours? Yeah, it was yeah. a long one, too. So that was one of my favorite episodes we've done in a while. That's one I've been meaning to do, and I'm glad we finally pulled it off. We also are going to do an episode on Triangle of Sadness, a small review of it. Oh, yeah. See you all next time. Have a great week. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.